What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as your friendly tech wizard, former captain of the Hufflepuff Quidditch team, the Flannel Wizard, yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. <laughs> Schön, dass ihr da seid. Willkommen zurück to our tiny little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. Come on in. This is the 43rd episode of Shell Cottage Radio in which we will discuss chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the heir of Salazar Slytherin. Tonight we have another guest host in the chamber. Um, the chamber? The, the chamber? The cottage. We ain't got nobody <laughs> in the chamber, let me tell you right now. There ain't nobody there. <laughs> She is a swisher who loves talking about Harry Potter, obviously, but also Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Song of Ice and Fire, all of these amazing stories. Actually, she will just devour any good book you send her way. We're happy to have her here and give her a platform to share her shining personality with the world and her interesting take on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Welcome to Shell Cottage, Harmony. So, Harmony, normally I let our guests introduce themselves a little bit and we're going to have you tell us your story. Um, but as I understand it, you came over from Swish and Flick. You are a Swisher. Is that correct? Yes. That is so I awesome. I love it because I, I mean, I consider we consider ourselves Swishers as well. So <laughs> that's so cool. That's how I know who Ezra is because he was on Swish and Flick. Oh, wow. Holy. So we're reading the third oh wow <laughs> that's how we all know who ezra is i mean <laughs> to be wild <laughs> no i love it i love it um uh harmony tell us a little bit about yourself who are you what are your callings or passions in life and how did you get into harry potter um so did i let's see where do i start okay i'll start with getting into harry potter yeah so when i was four i was born in 1994 um okay. so when the book <laughs> when the book first came out, my mom's friend Lauren um, 
told my mom that she should read it with me. So it's kind of four years old. Harmony, read Harry Potter with me. Aww. <laughs> that is so, so cute. Yeah. And that's how you got into the books. Yeah, that is how I got into the books. And I remember going to um, every midnight book release party from the fourth book on. That is so awesome. I'm so jealous of that. Every time you guys tell me about this or someone from the UK tells me about this, I'm like, I missed all this stuff because <laughs> I don't know. We didn't really either. We didn't have it in Germany or I just didn't go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess my other passion, I love to read. I listen to Ezra's uh, Bend the Knee. Oh, my oh really? <laughs> <laughs> and is it Up Talking Tolkien or is it an unexpected podcast? Oh, uh, we go by both. <laughs> you go by, we, we, you know, whichever. Yeah, both. <laughs> I, the only one I don't listen to is Hyperspace Hangout, even though I do love Star Wars. Wow. Oh, wow. my goodness. That's so cool. So you're in, into a lot of fandoms, fantasy books. That's like what you love to do. Yeah. Ezra, you're probably going to kill me, but my favorite Star Wars movie is Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. 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 That's not too bad. That's all right. That's all right. Phantom Menace is good. You know, episode one, uh, it's got Qui-Gon, so enjoyable. <laughs> it's funny because mine's the odd, mine's, so that's number one and mine's episode six, so. Oh, I like six. Six is good. See, there we can agree. There you go. <laughs> and I think, I think Phantom Menace is pretty good too. Mm -hmm. So nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome that you are interested in all those different fandoms. Um, when so you said you got exposed first time when you were like four years old so that's basically your potter story what is your hogwarts house and do you think you have a second one and would if, if yes which one is that so i'm a gryffindor that's awesome that is the perfect i mean a gryffindor we needed a gryffindor for this chapter by the way just yeah. to throw that out there <laughs> And then my second house is Slytherin. Oh, oh let's my. go. Whoa. See, I always feel like Gryffindor and Slytherin are kind of, you know, close. And then their personalities are very different, but very similar. Yeah. And yeah. I feel the same about like, it's it's very common to be a Hufflepuff and a Ravenclaw or the other way around. Like, yeah. you know, have more of those in you. In you. Right, but right, I, right. But I love all different combinations. So that's cool. So you're that's the hardest one to combine though it's griffin rin griffin <laughs> griffin rin griffin <laughs> griffin there Slither you go yeah griffin rin yeah mm. that's cool so we i think that's is that the first time we have a proud gryffindor on the podcast i think so i think so i yeah. think so too congratulations yeah. harmony <laughs> yeah, yeah first gryffindor that's so cool <laughs> i think you asked what my favorite character was I was going to ask that. Yes. So tell us, what, who's who's your favorite? This is going to be a hot take. Narcissa. Whoa. Oh. That, oh. I love that. Explain yourself. <laughs> um, I think she is a really good mom. She really cares about Drago. And I think kind of like Lily, not exactly like her, but I think she would do anything for her kid, including die if she needed to. And I really love that in her. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. I really, like, in the last book, I loved what she did. And I could kind of, even though I don't personally have kids yet, but I can totally, like, I don't know, feel for her, feel connected to her. 
and what you did for Harry and the whole world. And that, that was actually a huge act of bravery. But at the same time, as a Slytherin, protect, you know, like protecting your super close ones and being very self-preservative, preserving, preserving, so, yeah. self-preserving yeah. in terms of her, you know, her son being like part of herself. And yeah, love it. That is so cool and unique. Um, do you have a bit favorite book or um, movie? So my favorite book is, it's always a tie between Chamber and Half-Blood, Prince. That is so cool because right now we're reading Chamber. We're talking about Chamber. That's perfect. And then we always, whenever we were, we feel like watching a movie on the side, we always put on Half-Blood Prince because that's like, yeah, definitely one of our favorites. <laughs> um, but my favorite movie is probably Goblet of Fire. Let's go. Is it because of the hairstyle? <laughs> I like the music in it. Oh, have have you ever been to one of those concerts where you watch the movie and and listen to them? No, not yet. Okay, I've been to um Azkaban, Prisoner of Azkaban, live in concert. That was a really cool experience. But I gotta say, like while the movie was playing, I so- somehow forgot that the orchestra was even there. And then the best part about it was at the end, once the movie was d- um, finished, they played the entire soundtrack again just the orchestra and i was like this is so awesome and i could really focus on the music so that was great that's awesome (laughs) so i really recommend um if you have the chance that'd be really really cool a cool experience um and then my last question is always do you have a character that you identify most with who can be i mean that could be your favorite character or you know someone else Probably, I would say I identify with Hermione the most because of her love of books. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yep. I, yep. She's a very relatable character. I, So many people loved her. When I grew up uh, in school, we would always play Harry Potter um, during recess, and every girl wanted to be Hermione. Yeah, I was always Hermione for Halloween. For Halloween, you said? Yeah, because I have big, bushy hair. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. So we got to know you a little bit. And uh, we know you're Gryffindor. Uh, Gryffindor, do you feel brave enough to answer some of our trivia questions? Yes, I do. Okay, that's awesome. So this is actually, I didn't know that you're Gryffindor. So it's perfect that I asked that question. Okay, (laughs) first question. Who of the following characters was not a Gryffindor? A. Remus Lupin. B. Professor McGonagall. C. Padma Patil. Or D. Angelina Johnson. Padma Patil. And that is correct. So we know you must have read the books and not just watched the movies because movie watchers would not know that the twins are actually not in the same house. And Padma, like you said correctly, is not in Gryffindor, but in, do you remember which house she is in? Ravenclaw. Let's go. She's a fellow Ravenclaw. Harmony knows. Harmony knows what's up. Let's go. Um... That means we're ready for the second question. And I don't even know if, I mean, you know, I'm air quote floor, so I don't even know if I would have been able to answer this correctly. But what kind of dragon does Fleur have to steal the egg from in the first task of the Triwizard Tournament? 
That's a tricky one. It is. Is that what it was? The Welsh Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Welsh Green. So you said the Welsh Green? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, you're fine. You're totally fine. That happens. We have st- storms all over Ohio right now, and probably Florida does too, so that happens. That's okay. Um, okay. Who all is... That's the last final question. Who all is with Harry and Dumbledore in the last chapter of this book who um, hears Harry's story? Do you remember? Have you read the last chapter by any chance? Who all is in the room when they reveal Tom Riddle is Lord Voldemort? So it's Ginny, Ron, Professor Lockhart, <laughs> Mr. Mrs. Weasley. Correct. Uh, in and of course Dumbledore, we said that. And I think that's it. One more. One. I think one more. Because they're, they're actually not in Dumbledore's office, but they are in someone Harry? else's. Harry? I didn't say Harry, but Harry. Right, Harry, yep. McGonagall. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Oh, my goodness. I think, have you ever watched the um, Tournament of Houses, like the show? It's like a trivia show. Yep, I watched it. Hufflepuff won. Yeah, Hufflepuff won. I'm trying to get on it. You know, I'm going <laughs> to see if they'll let me in there. I got to train up, though, Harmony. I got to get better at my <laughs> trivia. I'm not I'm not as strong. I, I would not have gotten that uh, dragon question. The, I was thinking, like, the fireball Chinese thing, but that was crumb, and then Norwegian Ridgeback is all. I couldn't even remember the other ones, so... All right, Harmony, if you are ready, and I mean, you are ready, we know that now, uh, we can dive right into the chapter. So normally we read the chapter. Okay. Chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. Harry enters the Chamber of Secrets and finds Ginny unconscious, laying at the feet of the stone statue of Salazar Slytherin. Desperately, Harry starts to look for any sign of life in Ginny and begs her to wake up. A sudden voice from behind him tells him that she won't wake. When Harry turns around, he recognizes young Tom Riddle, leaning against one of the chamber's pillars. He's a bit blurry around the edges, but not as transparent as a ghost. Tom explains that he's not a ghost, but a memory, preserved in a diary, and that he has finally come to life. At first, Harry tries to convince Memory Riddle that they need to get out of here. They need to help Jenny and escape the monster together. But when Tom Riddle refuses to help him and instead picks up Harry's wand, grinning ear to ear, it dawns on Harry that Tom's intentions may not be as noble as he thought. And then Tom tells him everything. How poor Ginny poured her heart out to him in the diary. How he fed on her deepest fears and darkest secrets. How he became stronger by the day and eventually was able to control her, make her do all of those horrible things at school, and have her set the basilisk on Muggleborns. He explains that Ginny didn't know what she was doing. That she got scared and disposed of the diary. Tom admits that he got very excited when Harry was the one to find the diary. And since then, he had a new goal. He wanted to meet Harry. Tom knew that he would get to him by attacking one of his best friends, Hermione. Harry doesn't understand. Why does Tom want to speak to him? Finally, Tom lets the snake out of the bag. He is the preserved memory of young Lord Voldemort, heir of Salazar Slytherin, and the greatest wizard of all time. To his surprise, Harry scoffs and tells him that he's wrong. Albus Dumbledore is the greatest wizard of all time. Once Harry has spoken these words, Fox the Phoenix appears in the chamber, holding the sorting hat in his talons. The bird drops the hat on the floor and gracefully lands on Harry's shoulder. Harry feels a wave of courage come over him, but Tom Riddle is not very impressed. 
He demands that Harry tell him how on earth he, a little baby, was able to defeat the mighty Lord Voldemort, his future self. Harry, strengthened by Fox's presence, tells Tom that his mother's love and sacrifice saved him and that because of Lily, Tom's future self is actually a wreck, barely alive, ugly, and foul. This causes Tom to run out of patience, and he summons the King of Serpents from Salazar's statue. Harry knows he cannot look the beast in the eyes, so he shuts his eyes and takes off running. Blind and without a wand, he doesn't get very far, but Fox takes off and rips out the serpent's eyes. The giant snake thrashes its tail out of pain and sweeps the sorting hat right into Harry's hands. Once he slams it onto his head, he can feel something heavy appear on the inside of the hat, and Harry pulls out Godric Gryffindor's sword. The basilisk lunges at Harry again, but this time Harry doesn't dodge. He stabs the beast with the sword and drives it into the back of its mouth. Even though the snake is dead, Harry can feel its poisonous fangs stuck in his arm. The snake's venom is already spreading through his body. Tom Riddle is confident that it's over and delightfully watches Harry grow weaker every second. Riddle clearly underestimates Harry's allies. Fox rushes over and lays his head on Harry's wound, crying. The phoenix's tears show immediate healing powers and Harry's wound instantly disappears. By the time that Tom realizes what is happening, it's already too late. Harry quickly seizes the basilisk fang and plunges it into the diary. Memory Tom lets out a scream, flails, and then vanishes into thin air. Jenny regains consciousness, and she, Harry, and Fox hurry back to Lockhart and Ron. Fox easily carries all four of them up the pipe and back to Merle's bathroom. With his bright golden glow, the Phoenix leads the group out of the bathroom and right to Professor McGonagall's office. That was a long one. That was a long one. That was a good one, though. Harmony, we would love to hear your thoughts first on this chapter. What do you think? So my first thought is um, that it really starts to foreshadow the Ginny and Harry relationship that comes to form. Yes. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful looking back on those two. And Harry is actually so scared for Ginny. And we think, you know, it's just his friend's sister. Why is he so upset? But he, the way he, it drives him forward to, to go. He doesn't want to go in there. He's, he's actually really, really anxious to go in there. But the thought of Ginny, maybe she's still alive. Maybe I can save her, drives him forward. And that's, yeah, that's super sweet. Um, and also... I think one of my favorite lines in the chapter is Harry telling Voldemort that he's ugly. I don't know why <laughs> I love that line. I just think it's hilarious. That is so brave and bold, and it shows Harry is a true Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> calling him ugly, calling him foul. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty bold. Yeah, he was he was going after him with everything he had, which is fine because he is a foul. I mean, he's. You know, look, look all the things he's, he's making Ginny do stuff. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, and yeah. that's his future wife. Yeah. So he's not putting up with that. I mean, we don't. He doesn't know that yet. But I mean, for us doing the reread, it's like it's his girl. Okay. Yeah. And I also think, sorry, Ezra, because I know you like him. I think Professor Lockhart's a j- uh, jerk. He, yeah. He said I, some pretty bad things last chapter. I had to apologize <laughs> last chapter. I had to come out and say like, this guy crosses a line. He's, he's a character that when you first are reading him. All the way up, you're like, okay, is this guy just weird? Is he just, a, what's what's going on? Is he delusional? And then once you find out really what he did, you're like, wow, you are an absolute piece of work. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he makes me laugh uh, until we find that out. And then I have to do a full on sort of like, okay, it's a bad guy. But boys, hey, 
it's kind of like what it's like, kind of like what, what uh, Kingsley says about Dumbledore. What's he say? He says, "You got to admit, Minister, he's got style." So you know, Gilderoy's got the style. Yeah, but other than that, he's a jerk. I agree with Harmony. He's, I mean, he's a jerk. when they go up there, he the first thing he does, and he's lost. Mind you, guys, he's lost his memory. He just fixes his hat, like he's still wearing yeah. his, some kind of hat that probably matches his the rest of his outfit, and he has to like you know put it back in place. <laughs> right. It's great. So I've actually also been reading Half Blood while reading this book because I think they're super similar. And this reread, I realized how um, similar Lockhart and Slughorn are. <laughs> Maybe that's why Ez likes both of them. What are you reason. trying to say? Wait, go on, Harmony. What are you trying to say about about Slughorn? Um, I think I think Slughorn's fine, but I think Slughorn and um, Lockhart are both a little narcissist, and they try to. Not True. profit, but they kind of profit off of other people's fame. They that's oh. tr- that's true. They both that's true, right? Because you got the shelf. He's collecting mm. individuals. He's profiting off of them, and then yeah, Gilderoy definitely directly profit. Yeah, profited. Yeah. Hang on a second. I'm trying to think. When Gilderoy went to school, was Slughorn still his teacher? And when did did he want to be? Did in he the learn this from? <laughs> was he in the slug? Hold on. That's probably that would have been if Slughorn was his teacher. That would have been probably his biggest dream. Like be on t- like part of the slug club part of that group of famous people did slughorn ever reach out to him later you know if he if he if slughorns thought um that that gilderoy did all this and he's all that famous maybe he reached out to him and then he just the world found out he's actually uh fake he just put the autograph somewhere so no one can see that he got this autograph like as is looking up the, oh, I'm looking the it up. The Slughorn and, and Lockhart connection. Uh, it's not working. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Um, we'll look it up. We'll look it up later. Yeah, we will. We'll definitely uh, come back to that. I mean, at the latest when we get to uh, Half-Blood Prince. That's so cool, though. Yeah, that connection. Um, uh, what, what, what else do you got, Harmony, for this chapter? Um, we first... I mean, we don't really see it, but now looking back, we know that the diary was a horcrux and just how important that diary becomes in both six and seven. Yes. we've. That's why we were so excited to read this book again, because it seems like this is this and book one were both like the books that really got us introduced to Hogwarts and the world of Harry Potter. And you you kind of think of it as the kids books of the of the whole series right but just looking back how important chamber is and how we always come back to this and how later on Ginny says hey I have had a you know I was possessed by Voldemort she's had some kind of both of them Harry and Ginny had some kind of relationship with Voldemort with Tom Riddle and at some point both of them called Tom Riddle is something like a friend, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. Um, that they both kind of consider the young Tom Riddle, the young, charming Tom Riddle friend. But once he got older, he is kind of ugly and foul. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and Ez had a theory. He shared that with me in the car earlier when we were listening to the audiobook. What was your theory about um Tom's talent to charm people? Oh, yeah, I just thought they multiple times they say that Tom Riddle could easily charm people and he was so charming to different professors and people, um other students. He got all these friends together. They they kept a secret for him and just all this different stuff. I mean, even charmed, you know, Professor Slughorn. And it's like, it's almost as if he had this um, enchanting sort of like hold over them that it's similar to the love potion that, I mean, that his mother used on his father that had this sort of hold uh, on him. So it's just interesting that he has that sort of, they always say he's very charming and he's yeah. very much... Um, He's able to like you know kind of hold their attention or or whatever, just get what he wants a little bit uh, from them because of those, you know, just the way he he's able to manipulate them, like you like a love potion would. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy, right? And if you think about it, his dad was on a very high dose of love potion all the time. Yeah, high so, dose. What, yeah. Do you, what do you think, Harmony? <laughs> no, I agree um, that it is kind of like a love potion. But it's interesting because he refers to his friends or his Death Eaters even in this book. Uh, and it's interesting that that comes back in four. And Harry didn't really, maybe he didn't remember that that's what he called the Death Eaters. Mm. Because yes. four, when they're at the World Cup, he doesn't know what Death Eaters are. Because the Dark Mark, you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I I totally read that too in this chapter and I thought that was so interesting. Just like you said, he says his most intimate friends at school call already called him by his um, new name, Lord Voldemort. Right. And I was like, who were Tom Riddles? I, I, I tried to remember if it was mentioned and I went on the wiki and it says it, it there is an entry that's called Tom Riddle's Gang. And I thought that was so funny that he had a gang. Um, they were a group of fellow Slytherin students whom Tom Riddle had around him during his time at Hogwarts. And um, we learned that later in... Uh, which one is it? Oh, yeah. Tom Riddle merely smiled as the others laughed again. Harry noticed that he was by no means the eldest of the group of boys, but that they all seemed to look at him as their leader. And this was, I believe, a pensive memory. Oh, yeah. Okay. When when they probably watched um, Slughorn, the Slug Club and the Slughorn memories. And the known members are listed here. They are Tom, the leader Avery Lestrange, which I believe must be Bellatrix's husband, which is crazy to think about because according, I mean, according to um, Cursed Child, that's who he has a child with, (laughs) her, uh, his wife, (laughs) Um, Rosier, possibly Rosier. Possibly Mulsbur and possibly not. Not sure. They just say possible, but definitely Avery and Lestrange are mentioned. That's interesting. I didn't realize Lestrange uh, was that much older than Bellatrix. I'm trying to think. Um, Yeah, because I believe Bellatrix was. It might not be 
family members Bellatrix possible daughter-in-law so that is a different Lestrange I apologize you are completely right Harmony it is not Bellatrix's husband it is that means he is the father of mm -hmm. the Lestrange right. she marries right yeah there we go that makes more sense <laughs> yeah because I think Bellatrix I think she's around Lucius' age, and Lucius was in school when he was near. He was in his fifth year when Snape and the Marauders were just starting. Yes, yes. So that, that was kind of the second wave who were um, kind of loyal to Voldemort back then, and the, the the first Death Eaters, along with a couple of close friends he had at school. Yep, you're you're right. What do you think about this chapter, Ezra? I uh, let me think here. You know, it to me, uh, I love that like a few things that kind of stood out were the the idea that um, it goes down to slightly differently. Um, uh, you know, in, in the movie, they definitely play up a lot of the chasing of the basilisk. Yeah, it's actually very quick. Serpent. Yeah, in, it's in very quick. Hmm. Yeah, very quick. Um, one thing that I was thinking about, and I've been kind of typing and doing a little research over here and, and thinking through, is Harry uh, is able to speak parcel tongue. And just a theory, I like to theorize and think about, you know, different things. I wonder if he would have been able to speak to the basilisk and tell it to stop. And I only say that because, and people would say, well, he's not the heir to Slytherin, but he is housing a portion of the soul inside of himself <laughs> which would make him the heir to Slytherin Whoa. if you know what I'm saying so would he be able to speak with part because actually it's that bit of soul that allows him to speak parcel tongue would he not be speaking parcel tongue to the basilisk and telling it could he not have commanded it just the same way that Tom Riddle did I think maybe he could have but he never does he never speaks to it well, they play around with this in the movie. I think he tries to speak parcel tongue in the movie, not in the book, but um, and then Tom Riddle says, "You can't. It only listens to me." But I oh well, really yeah, I that's think, right in the movie, right? Um, Harmony, am I right? Right in the movie, um, it, Tom Riddle says something like, "It only listens mm. obviously, Gary." Huh. What? Interesting. But I also like your thought that, yes, we always have to keep in mind that there is a part of Voldemort in Harry. Yeah, that latched onto him. Just trippy. But, you know, in general, though, it, it is a, it's, um, it's, it's spooky to be all the way down there and to think that this chamber existed and then that no one could find it. And I actually like the little nugget where Tom Riddle kind of goes back in time and talks about how. You know, Hagrid, I can't believe they even bought that. But, I mean, he's, again, this persuasive fella who, who tells him the story about Hagrid when it took him five years, I think he said. It took him five years to figure out how to find the chamber, uh -huh. right? Yeah. He's talking about that. He's And so he's done his research. He's very obsessed with this idea. So we get a really good insight uh, as, as, to who, as to who he is. He even draws a parallel between the similarities between himself, Tom Riddle, and Harry Potter, which I thought was pretty... Pretty cool. It even goes all the way down to how they looked. Yeah. Right. Their physical appearances and things. So, not that you know, we. I don't know that I, that I'd go that far. But I mean, he did. Tom. Mm -hmm. Tom himself sort of said that. So yeah, that was our first clue that there is something else in Harry, and there's there's other you know yeah magical connections between the two of them. 
And that is Harry's entire struggle later on in the series. Is he like Voldemort? Is he, you know, and the whole thing that we as readers learn, it's no, no, no. Dumbledore said it in the first book, it's your choices, Harry. You might, you guys might be not as different as you think, but at the same time, you make very different choices and that makes you different people. And I think that's very well shown in, even in this chapter, I love how Harry is so naive at the beginning when, when he first sees Tom. It takes him so long until he understands that Riddle is behind everything and he wants to believe in the good of people. He, um, I just think that's seriously just honorable. I know you might think, oh my gosh, Harry, <laughs> like seriously, that Tom Riddle did it. Like that's so obvious, but I think it's very honorable. I agree with that. Yeah, he's always trying to see the best in people. He's also young. He's naive a little bit. Uh, so this is a part of him growing yeah. up too. It's, an, it's that experience where he's like, oh, wow. You know, this, he's come across the Dark Lord twice now in a yeah. row. Crazy. Crazy that he can draw upon that experience too and, and sort of reflect back and say, I have seen what you will become. Which also gets into this time travel bit where it's sort of like we're going back in time to see Tom Riddle. He has seen future Tom. Uh, and then Tom himself references that, you know, uh, Voldemort is his past, present, and future. And then the next book, we'll get into time turners and we'll start, you know, jumping all through time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just, it is really, I don't know, for the first time to to meet the Dark Lord in the first book the way we did and then to come in this book and see that he's this charming, complete opposite, complete opposite, very charming, handsome, uh, you know, magically talented individual that has respect from the staff and you, you could tell that with professor Dippet. um yeah it just feels like really weird a good juxtaposition you know what i mean from book one to book two and that's really what i think kicks kicks it in sometimes having a good sequel and having a good finish here that's intriguing is what keeps people driving forward you're like okay the first one was good and so so obviously you want to go into the second one mm -hmm. sometimes the second one drops the ball and i do not think at all that chamber does i think chamber is one of the better one of the best books in the series quite frankly because from there she had to set up all of these different things that tie into the final book that's yeah. what i think it makes it so so good she had to really think ahead on that so yeah 100 percent. yeah i agree yeah. i don't know about um i want to ask you guys so when I read this chapter, and it happened to me a lot in Chamber, because we are so, I don't know, we, we see the movie so often that we sometimes forget what really happened. And I tried to go back to this chapter and read it and trying to really get away from my memory of how the, how the Chamber looks in the movie and try to really read the description and... I don't know, build this new picture of chamber of the chamber of secrets in my head. And cause it doesn't have any water in there. It's more like to me, it sounds more like you're going down to this almost like, you know, a tomb somewhere in a pyramid kind of chamber. It's everything's dark. Harry doesn't even see Ginny until he reaches Salazar's statue. So it's so dark in there. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy so much going back and, and, reading the books again, really reading the descriptions again. What do you think? Um, is that something you, you, you do and try to like, is that something you can do oh, really easily to, to go between book and, and movie? To go between book and movie? Yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. Like it, I, I sometimes even when we're, even, even when they're describing the chamber to me, I still in my mind now see it the way that we saw it in the film. Yeah. But when you really try and, and, 
and and drop into word for word what's it saying, what's it look mm-hmm. like? Because the first, we were listening on the way home, Harmony. We were like on the way home in the car, and they start describing the statue of Salazar Slytherin, and I'm like, who? What is yeah. this? I'm thinking a big snake. I don't know. Like I was just seeing all the snakes going down through there, and I was like, what is this thing again? You know, yeah. and it's so yeah. It just it it's described a little bit differently, but to me, it's so hard to get the. Because the, the movie does such a good job, True, I think, of, yeah. of capturing it, like a lot of it. But it is nice to go back and find these little nuggets where where there's there's differences, you know. So, yeah, I don't know, Harmony, what, you know, what do you think? Is it in your mind? You read the books. Do you read the books more than you maybe watch the movies or kind of 50-50? Um, I definitely read the books more than I watch the movies. But I do also, I have the movie of the chamber, like, always at the center of my brain so i keep forgetting that it's way different in the book yeah 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 that's i think something we all kind of struggle with but that's why you know it's good it's good for people to get back and we have a lot of people who listen or who even um like view some of our content and they are only movie people and we're always like and i'm sure harmony's like this as well which is like you guys have got to go check out these books listen to the audiobooks if you have to whatever it might be but uh, if you if you like the series, there's so many extra little nuggets and uh, additional characters and, and just little things. I mean, it's got me running down, making, you know, crazy love potion Tom Riddle theories. And, and you know, <laughs> can Harry speak parcel tongue to this bad boy? I don't, you know, it it's it's fun. And it's been a long time since I've gone through and done this. And I've been saying on the podcast for a while, I'm excited to get beyond this book because I, I read. I, not that, you know, because I like Harmony, love this book as well. And I love Half-Blood prince so also one of my favorites um those are like the two favorite like movies that we we kind of well i think for a lot of it's it's prisoner of azkaban and for a lot of a lot of folks it is but i haven't read prisoner of azkaban in a long time so like getting here to the end of this and seeing how exciting this is the stuff with jenny the connections to harry you know just just just, um all the setup for the rest of the series makes you excited to dive into the rest of it and uh yes yeah so mm, it's good yeah actually my sister does not like reading, um, which is weird because both my mom and I love to read. Anyway, um, I kept telling her, Lauren, you need to read the Harry Potter book. Yeah. And she finally gave in and said, fine, but I want you to read along with me. Oh. So we're almost done with book four. Oh, nice. That is awesome. That is so yeah, good. Yeah, good for you. And I think you've heard that you Ezra have heard that a couple of times because you um, teach students who have yeah. reading um, reading difficulties. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes just don't like to read, but finding a story that is really compelling mm-hmm. that they really can get into, and then having somebody to share it with, you know, yes. like like a sibling or friend or whoever, like to share and talk. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brobble. Now get a Big Mac or Double Cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. That's why some people will tune into a podcast or whatever that might be because they want to hear other people talk about it, engage with it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it extends the experience and it helps you kind of, you know, internalize it a little bit more, which is great. So Harmony, good on you. That's that is fantastic. Like it's I, anytime people are getting into Potter, I'm just yeah. I'm just super stoked because it's such a. Yeah, it's just it's such good. It's magical, as what we'll say. It's magical. It is. <laughs> so before we get uh, towards the end of this chapter, I definitely wanted to point out this part about Tom Riddle, where he kind of reveal, reveals that he is Lord Voldemort. First of all, I was wand- uh, wondering, because Tom Riddle is just a memory, could he use magic? Could he use the wand? Or did he use the basilisk because he was not really able to use magic? And I think the answer is uh, really that he can... Here we see him move, you know, the wand and the letters of his arrangement. They, they change to I am Lord Voldemort. So he definitely can... He's able to use the wand. He's uh, powerful enough to do that. But I think when it comes to more advanced things, he would be able to do when he was alive. I, I think... For that, it it's not enough. What do you guys think, real quick? I I agree with you. I think that yeah, the switching of the letters isn't very advanced. But I think like if he wanted, let's say he wanted to transfigure Jenny into a teacup for some <laughs> odd reason, I don't think he'd be able to do that. Yeah, I think yeah, it might might have been it might have worked if he had ended Ginny and got gained more power from that. I think he needed to like that's where he he drained his her and that's where he got his energy from. But yeah, so he definitely can use his wand to some extent. But I think he needed the basilisk really to to attack Harry in a serious way. But uh, what I actually wanted to point out is how he talks about his past and his parents he talks about him changing his name right so he says i i keep the name of a foul common muggle who abandoned me even before i was born just because he found out his wife was a witch no harry i fashioned myself with a new name a name i knew wizards everywhere would one day fear to speak when i had become the greatest sorcerer in the world and I thought, this is a child speaking that is deeply heard. Like, he oh, is yeah. so bitter. He's abandoned. About yeah. his father abandoning his mother. And, I mean, not in no, by no means you want to, you know, explain or defend his actions or anything. But he is an abandoned child. And he, because of his father, he had to grow up in that orphanage, which was horrible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's weird it's weird to kind of th- there are anytime we make some sort of Voldemort video or anything online people li- and I don't know why Harmony I think it's because they're a little Slytherin I don't know what it is <laughs> but some people are always they're always wanting to ask the question like could he have been redeemed is it possible for Voldemort to you know was it like they're, they're all they're really analyzing his character I think far more than maybe the author or anybody intended uh, them to do but you know Sometimes a good villain, like we know with Anakin Skywalker, it's it's one of those things where you set up a really uh, tragic kind of backstory, and then you're like, man, like that is 
it's just so sad. And then it turns into something so much worse and the dark side and dark arts and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, yeah, to me, I was that uh, that was hard to hear him say that, you know, but I think that one of the things the author of this book does well is she does a good job of making you feel sympathy for characters that maybe you don't want to feel sympathy for. Um, Voldemort is one. I think Snape. I love Snape, but I know there are a lot of people that don't like Snape. Yeah. But I think she does a good yeah. job of making people feel bad for him as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. She does a really good gray character. Mm-hmm. Which is good because then it makes him, you know, real three-dimensional or whatever, how many dimensions you want. <laughs> Seven-dimensional. Very um, <laughs> real characters who are very, you know, diverse and, and vi- you know, villains you can kind of relate to and yeah, they're there's, not um, all just bad and, you know. Yeah. There's a depth. There's just a yeah, depth to, to, yeah, to, to what they do. And, and the reasons, you know, we, we can explore, like, why they did that. We, we learn more about their motivations and stuff. Not that their choices are good, but it's like you kind of understand where they, where it came from. So, and that makes it more interesting. It makes it more in, interesting read, and that's where people kind of gravitate towards different houses, different, um, mm-hmm. you know, because even little things, like we've been talking this, this whole book about the Hufflepuffs and their gossiping and all that kind of stuff. You're like, okay, okay, and we get on them for a hot second, but we're also like, aren't Ron, Hermione, and Harry like constantly <laughs> gossiping about everyone else in the school? And they are. Uh, but, you know, we love it's it's a different, you know, perspective and stuff. So it's just really cool to see the different groups and and think, you know, which one do I gravitate towards and which character is is intriguing? What are they dealing with? And it's this exploration of um, of, of our experience, really. Mm-hmm. And it's set in a magical world. Well, it's our world, right? I mean, this is Yes. It's real. Okay. I don't want anybody thinking that, that I think Hogwarts isn't real because it is. Is this real? E- yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Let's get some. Uh, yeah. If you, if you don't mind, can, 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 I, can I speak about the song? Yeah. <laughs> the song that is so sweet that Fox sits down on Harry's shoulder and. You know, Voldemort is kind of like, oh, he sends you a bird and an old hat. Right. And But Harry actually does feel so brave. And th- I think it's two things. We're going to talk about his song, the bird song, that makes him feel braver, but then also the fact that he's not alone. And that's the most important thing, actually. I think a lot of us can kind of connect or, or relate to when, when we feel desperate or in danger and... The most powerful feeling is not, I think, is not to be alone, honestly. When I always kind of fear, you know, I don't know, like driving sometimes can be scary. And sometimes I get this, the the anxious moments where, oh gosh, what if something happens? Um, Would I be able to, you know, save Ezra's life and, and call 911 and also secure the road and... Same thing when something in the classroom, a very something happens and you want to make sure everyone is okay, but at the same time, call the office and, you know, like the feeling of not being alone and someone is with you. I think that is the most important thing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you're working as a team. Yeah. 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 It's the idea. So what? Yeah. Who's with you? I mean, because Voldemort's like alone. Tom Riddle's like alone. Right. And he's just. And then, you know, Harry's, ironically, I mean, Harry's got a little bit of Voldemort with him as well that attached to him. 
Uh, and and you know, and I, I I say that jokingly, but I've been reading more and more and more. And every time Dumbledore talks about that bit of soul that they talk about the bit of soul that that attached to Harry, yeah, it was the part Voldemort didn't want. It was the unwanted part of himself yeah. that uh, that seeks out belonging and seeks out a place with a pure soul and something that was whatever. But yeah, the whole point, and then Fox is there, and you've got the Sorting Hat, which is a personality in and of itself, uh, showing up, and just some some loyalty going on there. Some some you know, uh, some friends, some you know, yeah, and that helps. That help. It can help you through a lot. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was looking for why. Doesn't Harry say something like Dumbledore will never be gone as long as there are people loyal to him? Yes. And I think that also shows his bravery and also maybe Harry, maybe Harry has some Hufflepuff in him. Hey. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Don't we all to some degree? I mean, <laughs> come on. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have like 1% Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Hey, that 1% matters, okay? Oh. It's good. It's good. <laughs> well, we like we, we all like to eat, right? So that makes us a little bit oh, more Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm getting hungry just sitting here. I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking like, my gosh, what can I get? I'm looking into the kitchen there, Harmony. I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> what do we got brewing over there on the stove? <laughs> Crazy. Ooh, yum, food. Yeah, yes, right. there we go. That's where little Hufflepuffs and us come, yeah. come out. Yep. Um, all right, so we were talking about Fox, and I researched the Phoenix song a little bit because I felt like I, I felt like I have read something about f- the Phoenix song, right? That it makes you braver. I don't know if it was directly mentioned when when Dumbledore told Harry about all the different um different attributes that a Phoenix has, but. I stumbled upon this on the le- HP lexicon where it says the the song of the phoenix gives strength and hope to those it sings for increasing the courage of the pure of heart and striking fear into into the hearts of the impure according to Scamander Fantastic Beasts mm. when wands sharing a phoenix feather cores from the same bird are forced to do battle the rare priori and cantatum effect that results will be accompanied by the sound of Phoenix song. And I totally forgot about this. This was part of Goblet of Fire. And they um, they quote chapter 34 here. It was the sound of hope to Harry, the most beautiful and welcome thing he had ever heard in his life. He felt as though the song were inside him instead of just around him. It was a sound he connected with Dumbledore, and it was almost as though a friend were speaking in his ear. So that means the song of the phoenix, Fox, was basically playing when Priory and Cantatum happened, mm-hmm. because that's the two wands that Fox gave his phoenix only two phoenix feathers to those mm-hmm. two wands. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So that was the. So you're saying that was the that song could be heard during that that time. Is what Harry was yes. saying, right? And that's what inspires him. But it was it driving fear into yeah. the heart of of Voldemort because yeah. he's wow impure. Yeah. Dang! How did that wand even choose him? Then isn't that weird? Isn't that a little oh. crazy? That, that, that his wand with the phoenix feather chose him? If the phoenix feather wand chose Harry, because he does have some, some Voldemort in him. Um, 
If he didn't, would Harry have a different wand? Oh, that is a great theory that I think needs to be looked into. What do you think? Well, yeah, I was just thinking, like, what... So, the bit of Voldemort's soul that latches onto Harry, there is something there that was, again, like we, we talked about it being unwanted. There's a, there's a couple spots where Dumbledore says it or whatever, and it mm-hmm. was just sort of like the only, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't want to go super in, in, like in depth with it. The whole idea is that there's some bit of him that, was, that felt comfortable that, to attach itself to an innocent soul, right? To a baby, to a child. And then that bit, whatever, whatever redeemable part of Voldemort was there, used to reside in him. And that might have been what the original wand chose and latched onto. That bit of Voldemort's soul or Tom Riddle's soul that was good and whole and could have been something completely different. It's yeah. Crazy to I think. I mean about. the wands, it said it's um it said the wands recognize each other too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So d- yeah, I think there's definitely some truth to that. Yeah, it's wild. I like that theory. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Fox is so wonderful. And I think Fox is Dumbledore somehow. I mean, like, it is part of Dumbledore. They've been companions for so long that Dumb- every time Dumbledore is not physically there, but he helps Harry through here in the Chamber of Secrets and then later on the graveyard in Goblet of Fire. Um, that's his whole mission, right? He needs, I mean later find out he needs Harry to go through all this kind of on his own but through Fox he aids him whenever Harry needs him yeah I think that's just really beautiful question yeah what do you guys think happened to Fox after Dumbledore dies I feel like I looked that up at some point and I think after the funeral I think after the funeral didn't he just fly off did he? I think yeah, like, we don't really know what happens. So we can just make up, like, our own theory, our head canon, what, where Fox went. Well, I wonder... Well, the problem is, I feel like there's something missing to really be able to tell because we don't really know the end of Fantastic Beasts and how the Phoenixes connect to the Dumbledore family. And is there a Dumbledore heir or like you know someone who carries on the d- name of Dumbledore or not it looks like there is not going to be anyone but we don't really know for sure yet um because I would I would think at least that he he would serve keep serving the Dumbledore family but right, as of now we don't know if there is anyone um I feel like I feel like he's you know some part of me hopes that he sometimes he lives on his own now but he sometimes stops by at Ginny and Harry's house and, and visits Harry. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. What do you that think? That would be awesome if he, if he just stopped by there just to check in. It's weird. Like you said, when you go to the uh, to the wiki and you look up just Phoenix in general, it says the Phoenix in this Harry in, you know, Potterverse is affiliated with the Dumbledore family. Affiliated, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It could be, I don't know. Like I'm wondering, yeah, it's got to find another worthy wizard or family mm-hmm. right i feel like that's what what do you think harmony what any ideas as to where yeah what happens yeah maybe, maybe he just hangs out with aberforth we know that mm-hmm. at least in the seventh book that aberforth's still alive it's harry true. doesn't see harry doesn't see fox but 
but Harry doesn't stay with Abba for very long. I think it's maybe only a night, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting, though, to think, yeah. I mean, I, I totally, yeah. I mean, you're right. There is a survivor until, I, we don't know how, how old Aberforth is going to be and when he died. But that would be interesting yeah, to, to think he would live or, or at least accompany Aberforth for a little bit. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, there's so much that I would would have loved to just learn in Fantastic Beasts um, about the story. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But good question. Uh, just to come back one, one more time to the chapter, even though I love our discussion about, about Fox, the moment when Harry picks up the sorting hat and he puts it on, and again, movie people forget he put on the hat and then he was wearing the hat and the sword appeared in the hat and i was like oh my goodness what if the sword had appeared upside down like what whoa (laughs) that is so wild to me that he had the hat on and all of a sudden something appeared on his hat yeah just dropped in there head boink there you go so that was wild to me yeah that's kind of kind of kind of kind of different kind of weird but Actually, h- how do you feel, Harmony, as a true Gryffindor? H- how do you think does it feel when you pull out the sword of Gryffindor? And I would be thankful, but Harry didn't know that it was the sword of Gryffindor. He just thought it was some sword until the next chapter. But I would be happy to pull out the sword of Gryffindor. Yeah, that would definitely make you feel braver. And even even I, as a Ravenclaw would feel strong and brave with the sword but yeah you're right harry didn't even realize it that it appeared to that it was such a an important item yeah it is cool it appears here next to another horcrux because the idea was that he might have been trying to make a horcrux out of different um house artifacts or founders items items yeah Yeah. so he has um the cup right he's got Mm -hmm. the diadem uh and then he's got the locket right and then he never got anything from Gryffindor. from Gryffindor, yeah. And that's the whole point, I mean, which is that's, he's, you know, the Gryffindors rule the day. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they're not they're not taking anything from old uh, Dark Lord himself. So I was going to say, it's interesting that he wanted to make the sword a horcrux when the sword is what ends up destroying a lot of the uh, horcruxes. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of people on, online were kind of debating, like, well, what would he really do that? I mean... Mm-hmm. Would he, would he, how would he get it? What, where, where would he go? All that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, and it's not that other Gryffindors can't, t- or I'm sorry, other non Gryffindors can't touch it. Like Bellatrix, for example, thinks she has it for a little bit. Snape is mm-hmm. able to, uh, help get it to Harry and stuff like that, right? So, um, there, yeah, it, it's, it can be acquired. Grip Hook's got it. I mean, at one point, you know, he's, yeah. well, he's, he's interested in it, the goblins and so, so forth. So it, it was possible. Um, it's just like, yeah, it, everything goes goes wrong it's like the, the was he planning that to be um his his next horcrux maybe mm. i don't know i like it because it it makes sense it was such a significant item and and one of the only items we know were um gryffindors so yeah it's like the final conquest you know it's sort yeah. of like this is the final thing and almost to do it he'd have to go through dumbledore's so like when he's ready to strike he would yeah if i feel like he felt like he was going to go beat harry harry is i mean prophesied to be his uh his equal right he's marked him as his equal and Voldemort doesn't realize that 
he by choosing Harry is actually what marks him, right? And then so once you beat once if he were to beat the Potters, it's sort of like, well, I already beat them. Prophecy said that was the guy to beat and uh already done it. So let's go take on Dumbledore. Yeah. Here's another maybe a theory. I know Voldemort wanted something of each um like each founder. What if he tried to make the hat a horcrux? Because the hat was Gryffindor's also. Yeah, that would have been possible. I think that would have been an incredibly powerful horcrux. Thinking that the lock, what the locket can do to us if you wear it. I think if you would put on the hat, which has the ability to speak, I think that would be a very powerful horcrux. That's interesting, and and also it combines all the houses, right? All of them, and since 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 um. Tom Riddle or, or Voldemort has this deep connection to Hogwarts, which was his home. That's why he chose all the founder's items. That the, I mean, the hat would have been a perfect combination of them all. <laughs> That's a good thought. And the hat, I mean, who would have known that he would, was going to be that important? But in the end, it is, again, Fox who gives the final clue is it him? Yeah, I think he he's the one who drops the fang into Harry's lap. And then that's when Harry realizes. He doesn't even realize. He just does it. It's almost like an instinct. He mm-hmm. grabs the basilisk's fang and drives it into the the book, the diary. Yeah, and then, I mean, then it's pretty quick. Like, once the diary is destroyed, Tom's memory's gone Ginny wakes up right away mm-hmm. and they make their way out of there and poor I mean Ginny it just it just melts my heart how she feels at that moment, she tried to know? tell him she was gonna warn him and tell him yeah. but just you know poor thing yeah yeah Percy yeah. Percy interrupts it yeah gosh Ah, oh, Percy, he has his own stuff going on, okay? So this year was uh, tough for him, too, but also a good year, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot going on. He's got a girlfriend, so. Yeah, but she also gets petrified, so that's a lot. That's, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we, we end on a kind of like a funny note with uh, Myrtle just being a little disappointed that Harry's still alive. Oh, she wanted, <laughs> yeah, she wanted him to. To join her in yeah. death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's ridiculous. She wanted to take her toilet with him. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, romantic. I mean, yeah. poor girl. I mean, Myrtle is stuck forever in her teens, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When is she, Why doesn't she move on? Why is she? Yeah, doesn't she, didn't she fulfill her yeah, purpose now? Yeah, she fulfilled now her and... haunting. I don't know. Yeah, no, she still needs. Maybe there's I a mean, she's still... greater oh, purpose, yeah. yeah. Harmony? I was just going to say, I think there are just some ghosts that they just don't move on. Look at Nearly Headless Nick. Look at Professor Dippet. Look at yeah. the right. bloody bear. Yeah, true. Yeah, th- their purpose is to be a ghost, you know, to haunt yeah. and, yeah. you know, just to be part of the... I mean, they're, the yeah, they they help out. In the end, they're very important. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder, yeah, that's another another thing for another episode where we discuss like ghosts and can you help them somehow move on can they do they have any chance of going going on to the next whatever comes after that (laughs) you know right but yeah 
I mean, um, any anything we forgot to mention, Harmony? Anything anything you want to add to this discussion? Not really. I think this was just a really good chapter that really showcased Harry's bravery. Yes, it is such a good Gryffindor. I love. Yeah, I, as a kid, I loved it. I loved how brave Harry was, and I really always wanted to be that great, uh, great <laughs> brave. Um, but I, I kind of knew I was n- probably not a Gryffindor, but still admired, definitely, um, Harry's bravery. Anything to add, sweetie? Uh, other than it's it's an epic. It's an epic. I mean, you know, he's fighting a monster at the end down in a scary chamber that nobody can find. Yeah. You know, uh, lots of mystical stuff. That's the other thing too. There's like high magical stuff going on. Yeah. Really, I mean, like, like really mysterious things. So you set up a magical world that's already intriguing and very interesting, and then you just te- you keep taking us deeper into what is what can you do with magic here? What are yeah. all the things that you can kind of do? This guy is seeking, trying to become immortal. This is the person who killed his parents. So it's just high intrigue, and then from there, she just continues to grow it, continues to expand it. And I think when yeah. you when I think about Star Wars, a lot of times it's like the more they reveal about the nature and the mystery like the mystery of the force you're like the best uh tell me more so like every time you get to this point i mean actually every book even the little stuff right where hermione does a new spell and we're like you can do that what like that is so cool and then they just keep going and then then the adult wizards are like also battling it out here on big you know bigger stage so yeah no to me it's it's wonderful it's epic and i've enjoyed hearing uh, both your guys' thoughts. Like this has been good, really good. Harmony's had some great questions and great I know. thoughts. So this is so this fun. Is cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. This is so fun, and we're always debating like how we're gonna make this work in the future. Like we would love to have like little, um, almost like almost like a get together with um some of our Patreons and just have a good old Potter discussion because that's what we love to do. We love talking about the series. We love hearing new new thoughts from from different people new perspectives and it's it's just so enriching is that a right word i'm, yeah. I'm sometimes like double checking am i saying the right yeah. word here it's an enriching experience <laughs> no yeah we we love it and we loved having you on harmony that was such a, such a cool experience um so um tell us real quick after this so you you kind of just read chamber of secrets is that your normal are you going to go through with the next book now or do you have some people read all the books during christmas or they have like kind of like a cycle they go through every year well, she's on a reread oh they with oh her, you with said her sister, you said you are oh, right? i'm sorry yes so you're in goblet of fire yeah. actually so we are actually we're in the very last chapter of goblet of fire parting of the ways wow so we're getting ready order of the phoenix which is probably my least favorite book of the series yeah it, yeah it gets crazy in order um but yeah what does any your... sorry. Oh, sorry go ahead i was just gonna ask what does your sister think so far um she really likes them she keeps telling me that they're just so different from the movies i'm like yes yeah i know there's so much more yeah and then like you forget like i totally forgot about winky right yes me too. The house elves are not very well represented sometimes in the movies, as they should have, in in the you know according to the books they should there no, have been more. Yeah, it's crazy because especially like Winky is really important in four, 
And then yeah. Dobby and Creature later become very important in the last two books, especially. I know, right? Yeah, it always... Actually, I got to admit, when I listened, um, I remember listening to Swish and Flick talk about Creature in like an earlier episode. And I was sitting there and I haven't read the last couple of books in a while. And I was like, they keep talking about this creature is so important. I can't remember. Why was he so important again? Because of the movies again, uh, we're, we're, we're so, you know, in the forefront of my mind that I went back and I read up on all, you know, his stuff again and why he was first very important for the dark side and then very important for for harry's side so mm-hmm. yeah so super cool and just this morning yep. um, oh yeah you go ahead go ahead oh what i was just gonna say is yeah creature really starts becoming important he's still a little jerk but he starts becoming important six after right. um after harry inherits him yeah and i, I love that Hermione who tells them always told them we need to be kind to the house elves that that makes all the difference for creature and for the series in the end so that is really really wonderful I I just met this morning uh, one of my students and she on her own put on a Harry Potter ambience video and she put on the Ravenclaw common room and I was like oh Oh, my goodness that is so awesome and she's like yeah you know today is I love Harry Potter and today is Ravenclaw Pride Day and I was like oh my goodness I'm that's so cool that you know that and I kind of asked her what's your house and she said Hufflepuff he was a Hufflepuff yeah and I found I I told her she was like oh what are you I said a Ravenclaw and she's like oh you're so you're so smart and I'm like "Mm, I don't know like I feel like I would always sit outside of my common room and never get in because I couldn't solve the riddles and she was like oh I didn't know that you had to solve a riddle and she told me how she loved Harry Potter for five years now But she's only seen the movies. And I told her, I love that. And that's totally fine. But I think you would love the books. And if you ever have the chance, go read them. Or she said she doesn't really like reading either. And I was like, go listen to them. They're on Audible while you're doing something else. And she's like, oh, I think I'm going to do that. That is actually, yeah, I should do that. And yeah, I I just think that's so cool that... Some, I mean, it's a journey to go from the movies to the books and then all of a sudden see all this stuff that, that have never been, have never made it into the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish they had like 12 hours for each movie. I think Potter fans would watch that. Absolutely. We would. I know. I know. That's what I was like when we watched The Hobbit and so many fans complained, this is so long. And I was like, this is exactly, this, isn't that what every fan wants? That you basically shoot every single minute of how it happened in the book but then i i learned it's not actually all how it happened in the book so there you go but yeah i would totally watch that i would watch anything that you know new that comes out in the wizarding world and and that covers more about different yeah i don't know i'm just so excited but it's also okay right now we're just we as fans can can fill in the gaps and and expand the fandom together and uh yeah that's a lot of fun too i was just gonna say i have a hot take on the hobbit i think the cartoon is better than the live action movies yeah you like the animated the animated is wild it is i mean 
Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I think I ordered it when I was out in Germany. And I mean, I've seen it back when I was a kid and I ordered it out in Germany and played it one time. Uh, I need to, I need to put, I need to put it on here again. Uh, just in the I think background. we like watched like 20 minutes of it. It's crazy. For, for, you know, like sometimes you put something on for dinner and I think we, I, I can't remember it all. So I think we stopped watching it after dinner. Yeah. So that's cool though. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's a good hot take, Harmony. I like it. I have a lot of hot takes. I don't know if you guys have noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, it's great. I love hearing like your perspectives and new thoughts. It's so it's so cool, and especially on on Harry Potter. And yeah, I, that was. Thanks for really like. Thanks for being on here, and thanks for being so patient with us today. I know. It yeah, was, thanks, Harmony. Um, it was a little difficult with the delay and everything, but you did so well. Yeah, sorry about my mic. Um, but thanks for having me on. I really had fun. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Cool, cool. Um, is there anything you know you want to plug? Any Instagram or websites or YouTube's? Anything you would like to you know we would like people to. I don't know, come message you or follow you or whatever you'd like. You can well, you can request I'm on private on Instagram, but you can request Harmony Davis twenty nine. Okay, there you go. So if you would like to um continue the discussion with Harmony. You, you want some can, more of those hot takes. <laughs> you can reach out to her <laughs> on Instagram. That's awesome. Cool. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, Harmony. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Now yeah. I'm gonna go eat. Oh, let's go. That's- What's for dinner tonight? Pasta. Broccoli. Pasta with broccoli and chicken. That sounds amazing. That sounds so yummy. Yeah, I'm jelly. That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, What about you guys? Um, we kind of already ate because we always we come home from school and we're so hungry. <laughs> so we often just eat after school. Uh, we had some baked veggies, some um, uh, salmon. Um, I just put like, yeah, veggies and salmon together and then make like a kind of dressing. And that was so good. But there's leftover veggies. So, so that's, you know, I'm thinking we might have to throw them in more. a soup or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, friends. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. We thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like babbling, bumbling bands of baboons. If you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and follow us over on social media at Fleur and Bill. If you truly enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You will find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. We appreciate you to the moon and back. Also, don't forget, we are still doing our giveaway. If you want to enter, go ahead to Apple and leave us that review. You will enter automatically. We are going to draw five different prizes out of the first 50 reviews. And we just acquired the Funko Pop that we're going to send oh, out. Oh, yeah. So one of the prizes is going to be a Funko Pop. And the biggest prize is going to be... Which one is it, sweetie? It is the... <laughs> order order of the phoenix <laughs> yeah, the order. were you quizzing me or did you not know <laughs> no i just i was quizzing you i didn't know we're gonna send you the entire order of the phoenix yes the illustrated version <laughs> yeah the illustrated version <laughs> what, the, is going the, on? what in the okay next time wow next time we will cover the final chapter of harry potter in the chamber of secrets chapter 18 dobby's reward 
And let me tell you, it's a great chapter. Haven't read it in ages and it's so different from the movie. So make sure to tune back in next time. And until then, have a great rest of your week. Again, thanks for joining us in our shell cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. Harry enters the chamber and finds Jenny unconscious. <laughs> Laying at the feet of the stone statue of Salazar Slytherin. Crazy. Whoever did this is absolutely nuts. That is absolutely. I agree. <laughs> like, it just drops to. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.